Well, good morning. It's good to hear all the chatter going on this morning as we join together here for worship this morning at Faith Community United Methodist Church. As many of you know, I haven't been here for a couple weeks, so it is good to be back. I found my way here. I didn't get lost. I knew exactly where to come. Uh, but it is good to be back with you once again. It is time for us to, to kind of get our minds set on why we come together. We come together because we love Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ in our lives, we would have uh, very other reasons to gather, but this is the most important reason for us to gather in the name of Jesus Christ. So I welcome you in his name. There are several announcements this morning uh, that are in your bulletin. I'm going to just cover a few, and there's a special announcement that I want to give this morning. Uh, I also want to note uh, that on the calendar part, uh, it says SBRC is meeting Tuesday. It's actually Thursday at 7, so just make sure that those that are part of that are aware of that. I did notice that out on uh, the table out in the narthex that the hospitality cookies, the last two weeks of February, no one has signed up for that. Uh, so if that may be something you can do, just go ahead and sign up on your way out today. Believe it or not, uh, a week from Wednesday will be Ash Wednesday. Lent will be beginning. Uh, we will be having an Ash Wednesday uh, service. Uh, so put that on your calendar. It'll be at 7 uh, p.m. on the 14th. And then following that on Saturday, uh, there is going to be a program on Saturday from the Proactively Planning for Your Future series uh, that we've been doing. Um, it's been a few months since we've had our last uh, time of gathering for that, but we're going to be meeting on the 17th at 10 to learn about everything you need to know about palliative and hospice care. And our own Julie Wickline will be leading that time uh, for that. So uh, I encourage you to come out. There's always time for us to learn before we need to uh, be a part of those kinds of decisions. And that is the idea of planning for our future. Uh, with that, I want to turn our attention. Uh, there's an announcement in here about Mary and Martha gathering coming up uh, a week from tomorrow. Uh, but I wanted to start with a special announcement about that ministry. Uh, late in the fall, before that ministry, actually in the middle of the summer, I got a, uh, a request from a couple ladies uh, to come meet with me. Uh, Lori and Barbara uh, met with me at the parsonage, and they said, we have this, this idea of getting women together and just about having fun. And I said, well, that's a, a great idea, and they ran with that. And in the midst of that, there's a, a program within the United Methodist Church and West Ohio Conference where they have grants for new ministries that are being started. And my wife, uh, she is a part of uh, the conference group that helps with that. And she just mentioned to them, said, you know, there's this opportunity to get grants to help with different ministries that are being started. And all you need to do is fill out an application and create a video. If we can, I'd like to try to show that video this morning. John, is that something we can make happen? I warn you that the quality of the is not the best, but we'll see what we can do. Is there audio? <laughs> well, maybe no audio. That would have been the good part. All walks of life. All can we start it over with the audio? Are welcome to join us. 
For two hours on a Monday evening, we will come together for prayer, for fellowship, for friendship. With a potluck supper, we will all eat together. We'll provide free child care so the young moms in our neighborhoods can get a night out too. And we will have fun. God wants us to have fun too, doesn't he? With a surprise program provided each month, we hope to give old and new friends a safe place to love and care and share and laugh together. And when our evening comes to an end, we'll each grab an anonymous prayer concern and remember our praises and our needs for one another until we are together again. We don't know exactly where God is leading us, but we hear his call. We would love your support, too. If the ladies that are... Yeah, go ahead, give a round of applause. If the ladies that are part of organizing this, if you would please come up just for a minute. Give me that microphone, just please. Come on up here. As I said, they uh, put together that video, and they sent it in to uh, the West Ohio Conference, and uh, in, in order to find out if there was uh, what they thought about the ministry. And if you would, I just would like for uh, Lori, if you would, please. Say just a minute about, uh, you know, where this came from. Um, well, um, years ago, I was very involved in um, United Methodist Women, and um, we had a lot of activities. We shared meals. We visited people. Um, we just had a great community, and I just um, things happened meeting anymore, people get busy, um, so I just kept thinking, I really miss that, and um, kept thinking, we, we just really need to have um, women come together for fun. I didn't necessarily want it to be United Methodist Women, because I know there's an agenda, <laughs> so I just wanted it to be community, so um, I called Barbara, oh, sorry, and I asked her if she would be interested in helping vision. She's like, I'm on board. We met. Um, I said, I think we need some other people to help. And she's like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so that's where everybody else came in. Betsy Murray is not here today. She just had knee replacement. But And Kristen. Kristen Mc McNilly. Yes. Um, so with this group, um, we have done some amazing things, I think. And we, I think our last gathering, there were 50 women. So, um, praise the Lord. Thank you. So as a result of submitting that video and, uh, and the little application, uh, they have been granted a $2,000 grant in order to continue with improving. And so today, uh, we'll be traveling to Powell, Ohio, 
uh, in order to be a part of what they call the Go Grant Awards, and we will be receiving uh, that grant today. So I just wanted you all to know about that. Thank you. There you go. With that, let us prepare our minds and hearts for our time of worship as we receive the prelude this morning.
That was beautiful. Thank you, Carol. Would you please stand with me and join me in our call to worship? Have you not known? Have you not heard? God sits above the circle of the earth and stretches out the heavens like a curtain. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And let us sing praises to our God with our first hymn, Praise to the Lord the Almighty. Um, number 139, and we're singing verses 1, 3, 4, and 5.
Join me in the opening prayer. Lord of all who have formed us, named us, and gathered us, open our ears to hear your message. You who give power to the faint, help us understand your message. You uplift, strengthen, and heal. Inspire us to proclaim your message. We pray in the name of Christ, who is the message. Amen. You may be seated, and the children can come up and join me. Got a few more coming up here. Come on over. The mute button. <laughs> Push the red button. Is it on now? There we go. There we go. So good morning. How good are morning. you? Good. I'm glad to hear it. So I have a question to start out our time together with. Have you ever been so excited to share something you just had to just, you just couldn't keep yourself from sharing it? No? Forget what it was, but you remember, just, I have to go share this. So who did you run and go share it with? Your mom, always a good person to share things with. <laughs> Definitely. Dad's too. Dad's too. They like to hear things too, but moms always love to hear it. What about you? You ever had anything you just really wanted to share? Don't think so? What about losing a tooth? Or <laughs> did you run and tell somebody when you lost a tooth? Mm. So you were right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this morning I wanted to share with you about something that I just really love to share. And here it is. Jesus loves me, and Jesus loves you. Is that not something really worth sharing? Yes. And you know, the more and more I remind myself and talk to God and read his scripture and get to know him more, the more I find out how much he loves me and how much he loves everybody else, the more I want to share it. So I want to challenge you guys this week to every day when you... Do you look at yourselves in the mirror? Do you look at yourselves in the mirror when you get ready? Maybe you should Maybe. try. Maybe. Try, try looking at yourself <laughs> in the mirror this week. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, you say to yourself, Jesus loves you. Just look in the mirror at yourself and say, Jesus loves you. And I bet if you do that every single day, you will really start to believe it. And as you believe it, you will feel the need to share it with somebody else. So... Remember that this week, okay? Look at yourself in the mirror and say, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. 
and then go share it with somebody else. Okay? All right. Let's have a little prayer. Father God, we are so blessed by you. Thank you that you love us and that as we remind ourselves and you remind us that you love us, we feel compelled to share it with others. Help us this week to be reminded of that, to take that in and to embrace that fully so that all we want to do is share that with everyone else. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll join in the prayer hymn together. There is Balm Gilead. It's number 375.
Let's just go on from there at the end of the song and go to the Lord in prayer, recognizing our sin-sick soul and looking for how we can all be wounded, healed from our woundedness. Let's go before our Lord in prayer. Amazing and gracious God, we come to You as an imperfect people on our way to perfection through Your Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we don't come just wallowing in our brokenness. We actually come in order to celebrate our wholeness in You. But Lord, we know that we are on a journey. A journey that is a part of revelation, restoration, and transformation. Lord, as we look around our world, we can see how broken we are. Lord, our hearts go out to the many that are in the midst of turmoil in ways that we cannot imagine. There are people that are in the midst of war. These are humans against humans. So Lord, we just ask for your presence. To awaken the hearts of those that are in the midst of being the ones that are calling for the wars. Calling for turmoil amongst one another. And these wars may be big from country to country, but they also may be within families. Lord, in our brokenness, we know that we have to go through you for change. But there are many in the world who have no idea of the power of the name of Jesus Christ. So Lord, I ask that us here that are those who call upon the name of Jesus, who rest in you, who open ourselves to transformation, to our hearts being changed from darkness to light, that we would recognize and understand this change is truly because of you, Jesus. And as we were just sharing with the children, as we recognize this and know this more and more, we will not want to do anything more or less, I should say, than to share this name with others. So Lord, give us courage amongst the healing. Heal our hearts and our souls so that they truly can see what you would have. The beauty that you would like to create through us. So Lord, we just give this all to you. Knowing that you are the power. You are the transformation. You are the peace, the joy, the comfort. Wherever it is in our lives that we need these things, Lord, we come to you and ask for healing so that truly we may be able to share the healing we have received with others around us. Let us now share the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, as we turn our attention to bringing our offerings, our tithes and offerings uh, today, we know that we have been changed. It is through Jesus Christ that we have come to recognize who we are, not as a sinner, but as one who is saved by Jesus Christ. It is in that that we respond as we give back a portion of what we have been given. Ushers, would you please wait upon us? Please join with me in the prayer of dedication. Creator of heaven and earth, you shower the earth with rain, nourish the land with sunshine, and bless your people with goodness. Receive the gifts we bring before you this day, that they may touch the world with gladness and bring comfort to those in need. Amen. You may be seated. Our scripture reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians 9:16 through 23. For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. 
What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge and so not make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessing. The word of God. (laughs) This is the part I always forget. (laughs) The word of God for the people of God. (laughs) Thanks be to God. Amen. We take two weeks off and we forget where we are. <clears throat> well, many of you know that I, I like to run. Maybe you don't, but I like to run. And running is more than just an exercise for me. It has been a part of my life uh, since I was in the fifth grade when I ran my first 5K road race. Now, it was a turkey trot, you know, around Thanksgiving uh, in Snyder Park in Springfield. I won a trophy that day. It was exciting and rewarding. Other than a few years of my life since then, I have been running for exercise, for fun, competition, achieving personal goals, and for raising money for organizations and charities. You see, every road race, whether it is a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, a marathon, or other distance, is held to support some kind of cause. Suzanne and I got involved with organizing road races uh, at first to raise money for our kids' cross-country teams so that we can ensure that every kid on the team could afford a good pair of running shoes and that the team could have tents and other equipment that the school well, couldn't provide. The church we attended in Ashland while I was in seminary, they had a, a 5K, 10K race this time of year, and they called it the Blizzard Buster, as you can maybe recognize why. And they did that in order to help raise money for their youth uh, church camp that they put on. At the first church that we served in uh, Northwest Ohio, uh, Suzanne and I led a Run for God class, and maybe you've heard of those, It helps folks who may not have ever run before train for a 5K and at the same time connect with God during their training. And since there wasn't a 5K race anywhere in the area that we could find, uh, when the class would have been ready to run their first 5K, well, we decided to create a race and raised money for local missions. 
As a result of creating this race, one of the local missions we supported, it was named Sufficient Grace Ministries, asked if they could partner with us the next year. Now, the story behind their ministry touched our hearts deeply. You see, Sufficient Grace Ministries was created to support parents whose babies were either miscarried, stillborn, or died as infants. The charity organization was started by a mother whose twins, due to complications of twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome, were stillborn. She also lost a son two years later who died six hours after birth due to a fatal condition called Potter Syndrome. After her experience of working through such deep grief, she found out her close friend's child was stillborn and wanted to comfort her in some way. Failing to find an adequate memory book for such an occasion, Sufficient Grace Ministries was established when she created the Dreams of You memory book for her friend. She felt like she had to share her story to help others in the midst of their story. There are countless charitable organizations like Sufficient Grace Ministries that are created by people who are driven by their stories of heartache and grief or through witnessing hardships uh, that others have endured. Think about the, the many organizations that we support here in Xenia alone. All these charities with their various missions are great and we should support any that resonate with us. As individuals who call ourselves Christ followers, however, We know our hearts are being transformed to love all people, have mercy and compassion, and to serve others. However, as a church, we have to be cautious to not become just another one of the countless charitable organizations in our community. You see, as Christ followers, we aren't responding to a story of tragedy, hardship, or grief. We are motivated by the story of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the sake of the gospel, what should the church's response be? Now, our scripture today uh, comes from Paul through his letter to the church at Corinth. This letter addressed several different specific challenges the early church had uh, that they had faced, including things like false teachers, uh, inconsistent behaviors, living in an idol-worshiping community, and many other things. This particular section of the letter we are focusing on was Paul defending himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ who established and encouraged the church in Corinth, as well as other Christian communities. He was questioned about the independent nature of his ministry, his apparent wishy-washy behaviors, and his overall response to the gospel. Now when I studied and reflected on Paul's words, the Spirit expressed to me that our response as a church, that is the church in general, aligns with Paul's. So even though Paul was speaking for himself in this letter, I want us to hear what he had to say as guidance for the church of Jesus Christ. So here he is, defending why he showed up in Corinth in the first place. And Paul wrote, 
For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. I admit, Paul can be a bit confusing and convoluted in his explanations. Here it seems as though Paul has been accused of preaching the gospel to either benefit from work as an employee of an employer, meaning to get paid for his service, or he did it because he was obligated as an indentured servant or slave of some kind. In other words, to preach or be punished. Paul declined the accusations, claiming his preaching wasn't because of a job or a mandate of a master, but from a sense of call on his life that could not be denied. In Acts 9, <clears throat> Paul's conversion experience, maybe you've read it, and call was documented. In it, Jesus clarified Paul's call in verse 15, which states this. Again, this is Jesus speaking of Paul. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. <clears throat> During Paul's conversion, the scripture also noted that Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul was inspired and empowered to preach the good news of Jesus. He knew it in the depth of his soul. So do not preach, do not share the name of Jesus, would make him sick in his spirit. He calls it woe. He shared the gospel because he was a Christ convert and an apostle. Now, so what does this have to do with us as the church? Well, also in Acts, the risen Jesus, before ascending and, ascending and pouring out the Holy Spirit on his disciples and birthing the church, clarified their call, saying, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now we know that Jesus is the gospel. It is his name when lifted up in light of his life, death, and resurrection that leads to salvation for those who hear and receive his invitation. Jesus established the church with a call and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, just like Paul. For the sake of the gospel, we exist to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why we are here. We aren't a charity or social organization. Sure, we may socialize with one another and, and help others because of our inspiration to love and serve, but that is not why we exist. The church is a witness of Jesus Christ. We are only a witness if we share the gospel with the community. And now, like Paul... We don't share the gospel for any kind of payment. The church doesn't get paid by the community for its products or services. When Paul came to Corinth, he came with the intent to be self-sufficient. 
Not that his efforts didn't warrant support, but he didn't want anything or anyone to influence his sharing of the gospel. Paul explained, What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel I may offer it free of charge, and so not make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. What was Paul alluding to here? Here's how I see it. Paul declared that he wasn't a salesman. He wasn't selling the gospel to anyone. There was no expectation for those who heard and received the good news of Jesus Christ to pay anything for it. Paul offered the gospel free of charge because, well, the gospel is free. It is a gift. What wasn't free was for Paul to live and preach in Corinth. In Acts 18, we are told Paul worked as a tent maker to support his call to preach the gospel to the Gentiles and the people of Israel. He did that solely to support the mission of sharing the gospel. How does Paul's response then translate to the church? Well, the important thing for us to know is that the gospel is still free. The church offers it free of charge to anyone who has not heard and accepted Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Second, when we are baptized and received into the church, well, we become the church. Third, like Paul, the church supports itself in all matters to fulfill their call and their mission. For the sake of the gospel, we freely and generously support the mission simply because it's our mission. We give of our resources, each one of us, according to our capacity. All that we can to assure the church exists in our community and that the church is able to fulfill its call. Now, the amount of support that is required to sustain us depends on who we are as a church in our context within our community. Over the years, this church here, Faith Community, has grown in membership, in our ministry offerings, in our building capacity, and our building function. And when I think about the resources that have supported this church throughout the years, I am astounded and grateful for the generosity You see, it requires a lot to sustain what has been built from the humble beginnings that you all know about. Recently, the church has walked through several challenges which has changed the dynamics of our existence. Aside from noticing the changes that we see in the life of the church, we can't overlook the change we see in our end-of-year financial state. Here it is on the screen. This past year is the first year in many years where we ended the year with a net income deficit. The amount of deficit is over $30,000. And as you can see, there's a $60,000 difference from last year's net income. This is our reality. It doesn't take a financial expert to determine that this is not sustainable in the long term. The question is, 
What will our response be going forward to assure we exist to fulfill our mission to share the gospel? The church leadership is always reviewing our budget and discerning adjustments, but there's only so many things you can do with the footprint that we have. However, each of us as members and constituents of the church should consider our individual response to this reality. So at a minimum, I'm asking for all of us, including myself, to ask ourselves a few questions. I have them here if you can see them. First, am I withholding resources from the church by primarily giving to specific charities the church supports? Remember, charities and everything that we support is second-mile giving. Second, am I regularly giving to the church an appropriate portion of my overall capacity to give? And third, for the sake of the gospel, would I consider myself to be a generous and joyful giver? These are tough questions. These are questions that I am asking for us all to ask in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So please give them some thought. Now, after Paul established why he preached and why he aimed to be self-sustaining in his sharing of the gospel, he defended another accusation related to how he behaved with different audiences that he was sharing Jesus with. He wrote, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. Now I could spend some time speaking to what Paul was referring to about each of these different groups of people. However, I don't think it is necessary. What might be helpful to know is that each of them had different convictions and understandings about God, God's ways, and humanity's ways. Paul mentioned these specific groups because they were groups he was questioned about. But we all know there are many others of varying perspectives that could have been named. Paul points, Paul's point was simply that it didn't matter what the label or convictions anyone had. The gospel was for them too. He was going to make sure he and his convictions didn't get in the way of the gospel of Jesus Christ, lifting up the name of Jesus. For the sake of the gospel, our outreach must be offered without reservation or condemnation to all. Paul was accused of compromising his beliefs on behalf of the gospel. His response was that his primary concern and call was to share Jesus. 
This means he, that we, like Paul, share Jesus to people as the persons they are when we meet them. We, that is, the church, don't question them, judge them, offend them, or anything else except love them. And when we get an opportunity, share Jesus. And then Paul summed up his defense simply saying, I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may be able to share in its blessings. Again, Jesus is the gospel. The blessings he offers are forgiveness, reconciliation, new life free from the grip and penalty of sin, transformation of heart and life to love like Jesus, and hope of eternal life. For the sake of the gospel, we rejoice in the blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now we have a calling as the church. And the power of the Holy Spirit to inspire and equip us to fulfill our calling. What shall we do for the gospel's sake? Well, let me remind you of what we talked about today. Except that we exist as the church to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and acknowledge that this is indeed our mission. And so we freely and generously support our mission and assure that our outreach to our community is offered without reservation or condemnation to all we meet in our efforts to save as many as possible. And then we do this with the hope that all we meet will join us in rejoicing in the blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, Jesus is our salvation. Our calling is to follow Jesus. By walking in his way, sharing the gospel, making disciples, and teaching his ways. You see, we are free to share the good news. We are not a charity, we are a church. Let's be the church. Amen. When we look at this altar and its presentation that we have before you, we can't forget that this is the Lord's table. We may set it, but it is the Lord's table who invites us to come. Again, we talked about being imperfect on our way to perfection through Jesus Christ. So as we come to prepare the table today, let us come acknowledging our imperfections as we come to the table. Please take a moment of silence. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. 
It is in the name of Jesus Christ that we are forgiven. Amen. I was told or shared with one day that we were uh, receiving communion and the bishop was leaving. And he said, I, I just want to remind you all that as we gather at the sacrament of Holy Communion, that throughout the presentation of it, it truly is the revelation of the Gospel. Because we start in the beginning of knowing that we need a Savior. We see this from the beginning of the Scriptures, that our, we have a need for a way to be in the presence of God. It was us who chose to be our own, our own selves, our own God, as we chose ourselves and were fled out of the garden. And from that time, God pursued us and intervened into people and nations in order to make ways for their presence to be able to be with Him once again. Throughout all that time, it was a way for us to understand more and more about what Jesus was coming. How Jesus was going to be the redemption of the world. It is through that story that we understand redemption of itself. Of knowing that we truly need to be redeemed. To be brought back in. To be bought at a price. Because of our own choices. It is in this meal that we recognize that it is Jesus that has been revealed as the Savior that we were in the need of. It was in His life that He revealed Himself to the world. He talked about how He was the light of the world. And how He was the bread of life. And as they gathered on a Passover meal where they recognized and celebrated their, their being freed from slavery, it was a, a, a meal of remembrance. Of remembering how they were saved from slavery and brought out. And as they were meeting, Jesus said, Yeah, remember where we've been. But I want to share with you where we're headed. And he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, This is my body which is given for you. It has been broken. And I want you to remember this meal, this bread, in a new way. And knowing that I have come and been broken. And do this as often as you do it. Remember me and who I am. And after the supper, he took a cup of redemption and said, this is my blood being poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, O God. And on these gifts of bread and cup, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that, they, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory. And we feast at his heavenly banquet. 
Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And all of God's people said, Amen. Our table is set. We will be receiving in the pews today. We do have gluten-free bread. If anybody is in need of it, just let us know and the ushers will make sure you get that. Suzanne, will you help me? We'll have the bread distributed. Please hold it and then we'll all take it together and we'll do the same with the cup. the body of Christ. Jesus is the one who gives us life. Take and eat.
blood of Jesus Christ poured out for you in order for you to have new life and joy in Him. Take and drink. Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we are so grateful for this meal that you have given to us. That you invited us to in order to experience you in a real and present way. May your presence be so much that we can sense it within our being. And trusting that you indeed are always with us. Amen. Now let us join, stand, and join together in our closing hymn. Sing praise to God who reigns above. Um, number 126, we're singing verses 1, 2, and 4. Hopefully you picked up in that song the primacy of Jesus Christ. May you receive and take ownership of the name of Jesus in your life and truly want 
to be able to proclaim that aloud for all to hear the story. Go in peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.